Welcome to Radio Free Murktown, a podcast focusing on and funded by the gaming community at ExplorersUnlimited.com. More than just another play-by-post website, Explorers Unlimited is one of the world's largest online communities of Palladium Books fans who are taking part in a single epic storyline in each dimension, within which all player characters can interact. Explorers Unlimited, where the only thing missing from the greatest adventures ever imagined is you. And now here's the host of Radio Free Murktown, Lloyd Ritchie. Welcome to Radio Free Murktown number 51. Uh, I am your host, as usual, Lloyd, uh, otherwise known as Augur, and Jezbel on Explorers Unlimited, and admin uh, of the of both Explorers Unlimited and uh, Savage Rifts, and the new site to be uh, Shadows Unlimited. And uh, we have a couple of guests on, and uh, gentlemen, why don't we introduce ourselves? Tony, you go first, then Todd, then Derek. Hi, I'm Tony. Um, I am Yablik, the Dimension Master for Palladium Fantasy uh, on Explorers Unlimited, where I also play a couple of characters, Vortitrin and Faraday. Go ahead. Uh, I'm Todd. Uh, I'm Dodzriki on uh, Explorers Unlimited. I run the Atlantis game, and I also play in Girls as Valrune. I'm Derek, and uh, I go by Derek on the Hangouts or Cosmic Swamp Savage site, and uh, playing a lot of games, but I don't run. All righty. Well, gentlemen, uh, we're going to cut to the chase. Uh, this is a very concise episode, uh, not a big sprawl of topics, uh, but first, of course, is a uh, new patron shout out. So welcome back to Mike Palermo, who's a Diamond patron once again. And uh, so we have, like I said, a very concise uh, podcast today. Uh, we have two whopping topics, and they're both basically centered around the, the same thing. Number one is uh, the new Shadows Unlimited play-by-post website, and then an introduction to Shadowrun, uh, mostly by... Uh, so I will be fairly silent. This one. Those of you who hate the sound of my voice, you will be pleased by this episode. Um, the Okay, so just going right into it. The new Shadows Unlimited play-by-post website, uh, it came about. Um, I wanted to expand the community a little more, uh, attract attract some new blood from different settings, maybe by virtue of the community introducing people thereby to both Savage Rifts and its original iteration, uh, Palladium's Rifts and their other role-playing games. And um, I figured, what what's a better way than to start a new game, a new website? Awesome play-by-post. So I put up a poll and uh, I was like, hey, here are the industry leaders at present, uh, game-wise, uh, which do you think would be the best? And I just let everybody, public and patron vote. I have no idea how many public folks vote or how many patrons, but um, Shadowrun won with a pretty a pretty strong lead. Although, if I remember correctly, uh, World of Darkness was coming uh, pretty strong too. But Shadowrun won. Uh, D&D kind of was in there in the top three, and uh, which, you know, was a little surprising. But again, there was a certain philosophy and mindset uh, approaches to why, what would be a better choice. Um, so anyway, uh, then I put up a poll afterwards saying, hey, what should we name this thing? Uh, and because I could just take like Shadowrun.net because, well, unlike Savage Rifts, the folks at Catalyst have almost certainly Catalyst, have uh, wisely already reserved that <laughs> and probably send it redirecting back to their uh, their corporate site. 
Um, so we have the new name of the website. And it's a cool game I remember vaguely from like the 90s. Like it came out shortly after Rifts did, uh, not, too, not too many years later. And it was by Fossa, uh, who I was a big fan of from Battletech. And I remember that some of the content from their era, and then I just completely lost track because military and everything. So, gentlemen, uh, tell me what your familiarity is with, with Shadowrun, same order as before, preferably. And, uh, yeah, because I, I have very, very little experience with this, and I'm going to be adminning a whole new site on that. Tony? Um, I played uh, extensively both uh, tabletop game and uh, online, uh, but that was mostly in a kind of mushing environment. Um, I've also played some play-by-post of it. Um, it is, it's a pretty unique animal, but um, yeah, I have a lot of playing and GM- GMing experience for it. Yeah, I got into it back in, uh, God, what was it, 90? Back when first edition was still a thing, and I played it and ran it all through high school, the military, while I, after I got out. Um, I did, pretty much played it until about a midpoint of fourth edition, and then I kind of put it down for a little bit. But, yeah, fifth edition is good. Well, uh, I think it was 2014. Uh, this game came out, and I was like, oh, this looks cool. This is right up my alley. It's like cyberpunk, you know, fighting bad guys and doing cool adventures. I was like, I'll get it. And then I played through it, and I was like, oh, this is like a RPG like Dungeons & Dragons. Well, I'm, I'm not, I've, at that time, I never played a role-playing game before. And I'm like, well, I could try this out, because like, I wasn't interested in Dungeons & Dragons. So I picked it up, and I played a live game, and it fell apart. And I played a Roll20 game, and it fell apart. So I was like, well, you know what? I'll hop on the PvP. And I did that for maybe almost a year, and it was real flaky, so I just gave up on it. All right, so we have a broad range of experiences here. Um, and... Uh, well, the the site is going to be formatted such as that it will start with 5th edition, which has a huge amount of content available, and then will open up for any edition anyone wants to play, so long as somebody's willing to run it, and, uh, you know, GM, and as well, uh, so long as they have enough in the game. Um, so all editions are welcome, and I will structure the form to be able to uh, the form site to be able to enable that. But uh, gentlemen, I got to ask, uh, why should anyone play Shadowrun? I, I don't know a darn thing about it. Um, so let, let's go in inverse the, of the previous orders, since we have the least familiar, uh, the least in-depth in, in experience with uh, Derek. And well, I know virtually nothing other than what I read off the books when I was looking at them from uh from like back in the day when i was playing battletech and purchasing their content so i would look at the covers and i'm like oh cool cyberpunk but what they have like fantasy beings like ogres and and so i you know it opened the cover and it's like yeah something something happened and then uh yeah there was magic uh, but, you know, the governments kind of just fell apart by and large, and the corporations took over classic cyberpunk. And then um, it became kind of just a, a vague sense to me of, hey, it's a cyberpunk setting, but for some reason there's magic, 
and I think people transformed at the time when the magic came into whatever their true form was or something like that. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, Derek, sell me what, what make sense of this for me, if you can. And uh, give me uh, give me your first pitch as to why I should uh, why I should play. Well, it's, it's really like you said, like if you like fantasy and if you like cyberpunk, both. Right. So, wow. How cool could that be? You could be a elf with a cyber arm punching people to death or or a orc throwing fireballs around toasting all the bad guys and a cyberpunk right so you could be a gang member off in the streets causing mayhem or maybe your gm might decide he wants to be a corporate uh run a corporate game so you could be this sleek high-powered well-equipped people going around shoot troubleshooting or you can just do like the regular main meat and potatoes of the game and you're a shadow runner kind of working towards your own interests or and all that stuff and it's just all kinds of cool concepts in a cyberpunk world with magic. It's pretty cool. And it works well. Okay, that's a that's a, that's a good pitch. Uh, Todd, make sense of this world for me. I, I have, I have. Okay, what? How did how did this all come about? Uh, what's what's some of the lore there? Uh, establish the setting for me. Okay. Um. Let's see. It starts out pretty close to what we have going on in the world but uh corporations got extraterritoriality which means they're basically nations under themselves um and then in god i want to say it was 2011 in shadowrun lore december um magic came back and it started out with elves and dwarves popping up and then a few years later there was this thing where orcs and trolls came out in what's called goblinization and most of the nations of the world kind of broke up the u.s broke up into three nations the native american nations the ucas and the cas which mostly happened because the native american nations did this thing called the great ghost dance or the ghost dance and they blew up a few volcanoes it was kind of crazy. Magic. Yay. Um, and it sort of progressed from there um, to where when the setting first came out, there were eight major corporations that were kind of the big boys on the block and they do their own thing. And most governments are just there to sort of they're there because the corporations don't really feel like running the entire world. And things spell out from there, and there's a lot of conflict between everyone, and it gets pretty interesting at times. Okay. Um, interesting. Okay, so, Tony, let's contrast this uh, with a post-apocalypse setting, uh, those kitchen sink settings which uh, with which we're so familiar, which make available all these things. Um, how is this different? Well, um, imagine... Okay, you've got pretty much the normal world up until about 1980 to, you know, late 1990s. And then from there, a lot of the things that he's talking about start coming back. Uh, if you're contrasting it with, say, Rifts, it is a much more limited setting than Rifts uh, in a lot of different ways. But um, at the same time... It does have a lot more like fantasy elements than you might 
you might expect. Like some of you know the megacorps that are basically world superpowers in the setting are run by dragons. You know, so there there are you know big fantasy things happening in the setting that you know kind of define a lot of what's going on. Um, but I think the the core thing, as far as the setting goes, is the the cyberpunk and fantasy mishmash is part of it. But you know, what is a shadow run? You know, the, it's it's the name of the game. A, a shadow run is a basically clandestine activity performed for money. You know, of of a wide variety of definitions that could you know be an acceptable job that's you know people might call a shadow run uh, so your default runner that does these type of jobs is um one of a variety of different stripes of um effectively a professional criminal so you're 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 not really playing D&D in the sense of playing characters that are um, as heroic, you know, as your your typical group of adventurers. You know, some groups, um, and Patrick and I have discussed this a few times, shout out to Patrick, um, some groups do try and play with a more kind of positive uh, slant on things to be heroic runners that can be very hard to do in Shadowrun because it is such a dystopian society um, you know where you have megacorps with ex- extra territoriality you have very weak nation states and a lot of um, haves and have nots and racism and violence and um, well there's a thing in Shadowrun called a SIN, which is short for System Identification Number. It's kind of like your uh, passport, social security number, driver's license, everything all rolled into one. It is you in the system. Not everyone has one, but if you don't have one, you're basically a non-person. So you have kind of the corporate world where people have sins, pay their taxes, are good little you know workers for um, you know the corporate master that that runs basically the world, and then you have the sinless and or the shadow community that are kind of between the cracks, and yet they both need each other in this setting. So it's there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of complexity to how it all fits together and it's really hard to nail down into a nutshell but the the emphasis of the game personally speaking really is on how those two worlds meet where you have runners and johnsons which johnson is like the guy who brokers the run and hires people to do the job or you have runners and johnsons getting together where the need and the capacity of the corporate world and the shadow world coming together to, you know, let one hand wash the other. That's where the game revolves around there. 
All righty. So I got a I got a general idea of what the what the settings about. I got a general idea of what the game's about. I got a general idea of kind of some of my options if I'm a player and what do I want to do? What do I want to play? So who my character might pitch me on the setting, gentlemen. Uh, you got a discussion here. Also, uh, what are the what are the differences? Um, what are the differences between the additions without getting too uh, in the weeds on the the nuances of the mechanics and everything? Um, you know how what's the uh, learning curve? All all the good stuff. So let's talk. Let's talk the game. And I open this up to an open open discussion now. Uh, since Tony, you talked last. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let let someone else start. Other than that, uh, open field. Um. Well, the addition differences are kind of interesting first second and to a degree third all kind of work together um then fourth edition is its own thing and fifth edition is its own thing and mechanically the basics are roughly the same though um everything's based off rolling a d6 and um in the early editions of the game you had target numbers that you had to hit and anytime you rolled a six, you got to roll the die again, add it together, and that's how you got to hit some of the higher target numbers. And then in fourth edition, they went to that whole roll versus a static target number, and however many successes you get based off that determines how well you accomplished your goal. Um, and they did that just with bigger dice pools in fifth edition. And, I mean, that's mechanically that's probably the biggest difference between the editions um the story changes from edition to edition because it's you know they made this living world and stuff that happened in first edition which was set back in 20 god i want to say 2050 um you know and they progressed time as the editions came out where in fifth edition uh, starts in 2075. So you've got this 25 year span where the additions happened. And that's, that's also another difference between the additions, you know, is what's actually going on in the world at the time, because Shadowrun's always had a meta plot going for it. Some people like it, some people don't. It's a thing. I think an uh, important thing for people that aren't familiar with Shadowrun is as far as system goes and the additions, they're all skill-based systems. There's no like classes and levels. There are it's what's called uh, an archetype, which are just kind of basic um, generic specialties that people reference when talking about, are you going to be good at something? Uh, and those are things like street samurai, decker, uh, mage, you know, stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, you put your skill points where you want them to be, you put your attribute points where you want them to be, and you're good at what you're good at. Uh, and so a lot of characters can kind of, you know, not fit perfectly into one box, as it were. As far as the learning curve, I think actually playing the game isn't too bad. Like they were saying, you, you know, you roll D6s, and then 5e, if you get a 5 or a 6 at the hit, and you have this edge quality, which is kind of like luck, I guess. And you could make your sixes explode, like he was talking about in previous editions. So it's pretty easy. Jam tells you do, you roll your dice, five or six hits, 
If you make the target number, you're good. If not, you're not. There might be bonuses for extra and above. But uh, I think the learning curve is creating the characters because, man, it's uh, even with, like, the priority system where it tells you how much of what you have for each thing you're, you're changing, like, your attributes or your skills. There's a lot of choices. Like, there's more than Savage Rifts or uh, uh, Savage Rifts, Savage Worlds or indeed 5e there's a lot of choice but on the other side once you're done with your character i mean you've got a really cool customized character and you've had to do so much thinking about it that you've got a really good idea of uh who he is and what he does tony that that kind of rings a bit of like a time of war would you say uh systems are somewhat comparable if factor i'm into uh, you've got robot lag. Give it a second to catch up. <laughs> okay. Uh, test. Test. Loud and clear. Okay. Yeah. If you factor in time of war fitting in with everything else, BattleTech, uh, maybe. Um, really, a, a lot of the complexity of Shadowrun is front loaded, um, but the complexity can still be kind of deep in any given area of the game. Um, there are experienced players of Shadowrun who, you know, have like their favorite couple things that they like to play and, you know, people that you would think of as, you know, good rules, knowledgeable players as it were, but Hey, they never played a mage. Well, magic is complicated enough that if you don't sit down and make a solid read of it, you're not just going to pick it up by seeing it in action, you know, kind of thing. It is certainly not all of it, you know, and that applies to basically every slice of the game. So um, I'd say just looking at Time of War in and of itself, uh, Shadowrun is more complicated. But if you added on, like, you know, all the different Battletech supplements and you're like, you know, push it, pulling from all of it, um as needed uh, it's a more apt comparison okay so how did this whole uh magic thing come about i got elves and dwarves popped up and magic happened and but i i don't have a clear idea of uh, how did how did this come it about with, uh, in palladium rifts and in savage rifts uh you know there's a defined event a cataclysm a cataclysm you know a nuclear exchange a limited one and uh you know and they have an explanation for why magic thereby returns as a result of the limited nuclear. What's the dealio with Savage Rifts, folk? I mean, uh, with uh, Shadowrun. Oh, I got this one. Um, so in Shadowrun, it's called the Sixth Age because it, um, in the lore of the game, it is the Sixth Age of the world. And the ages go in cycles. So the Fifth Age, there was no magic. The fourth age, there was a lot of magic. Um, and so this is when Shadowrun is set, it's the beginning of the sixth age when magic is just coming back to the world. Um, the, the technical event of when it happened, the date I think they gave is like December 24th, 2011. Um, and that's the date that Elves and goblins started coming back because they require less magic to express themselves than, say, an orc or a troll, and definitely a whole lot than what it takes to be a full-on magic user. And you know, as as things have gone by, 
in the game's lore, there's actually been events where magic spiked up even higher. And so you get things like changelings, which are metahumans who expressed something different because they had genes that when there was enough magic that saturated them, they turned into a cat person or a lizard person or something equally bizarre. Um, that's how you get the uh, alternate human that's got four arms. I can't pronounce the name. It's Indian and I'm not going to butcher it online. Um, but you know, they, they have certain defined changeling types that came out of that, but there's also just, changelings um and you know they happened because there was a lot of magic and the first the first definite magic exists again besides the elves and the dwarves which were just kind of considered a weird mutation was uh this japanese dragon called uh ryumyo i think that's how you pronounce it um and he popped up out over by mount fiji and was just like hi i'm here um and he was the first big oh my god magic's real um that kind of happened okay so i i still don't understand how did elves and dwarves come back that like they just manifest out of the ether or they pop through dimensional portals um, <laughs> uh, it doesn't really explain the People don't understand how and why magic is coming back. But as magic is coming back, magic in Shadowrun is okay, kind of synonymous with palladium magic. It's astral energy that is also kind of equated to life energy. And as the level of magic comes back, regular people who have basically genes, DNA, that is magically active once there's energy there their body literally starts channeling magic and turns them into whatever their genes express so when he says the word express that's their magical dna expresses the magic in different ways and so it's like literally okay these people had the dna the lineage of you are an elf you just didn't know it your whole life now magic's back you turned into an elf. Okay, so it, so it's like a, a an epigenetic thing then. Okay, yes. well that makes that makes much. Okay, well that's cool. And uh, although the obviously the dragon isn't coming out of a person, but manifesting from some hidden place on a on Mount Fuji, right? And it was pretty jarring for these people, right? Because they lived the whole, their whole lives as humans, and then all of a sudden, elves weren't too bad because they they're pretty human like. And then dwarfs came out, and it was like, oh, that's weird. And then magic increases, and all of a sudden, people are goblinizing and, and turning into orcs and these massive trolls, and it's like a sudden thing, and it's like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. and goblinization day is like a day when the most people suddenly spiked and and started transforming into, like, orcs and trolls and stuff. And um, it's kind of seen basically like this apocalyptic moment because a lot of people even are described as um you know for lack of a better term losing their shit and and killing people or themselves and you know um a lot of mayhem and and i think even a few governments collapsed during the aftermath of goblinization day and then 
things just continue to ramp up from there as, you know, actual, you know, spell casting and stuff starts working again. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's still a thing in fifth edition, but dragons, the dragons that are around the great dragons anyway, um, are from the fourth age and they just sort of chilled when there was no magic hanging around. Um, there's also elves that survived through the fifth age, even when the magic was low. They never go into how. Um, they just say that, yes, there are elves that survived that long. Uh, they even had an adventure involving one of them. Two adventures. Uh, Harlequin. Harlequin and Harlequin's back. The, those were good adventures back in the day. Um, so, you know, there are beings that have actually been around since the fourth age who are around now and they have this sort of, I mean, you can read it in the lore of the game. They have this preconceived notion of how things are supposed to work and the pace that things are supposed to go at and humanity, meta humanity does not always play by their pacing. And it gets real interesting reading in the lore when they're like, well, that's not expected, but, you know, um, the most recent thing was in one of the magic books about talking about sacrificial magic, which is bad, it's evil, but they made it a lot more complex in 5th edition. It's kind of cool. The, um, there's also um, kind of like higher planes in the astral realm that are kind of alternate astral dimensions, which normally only... Um, basically um, an advanced mage can kind of access and do things with but um, there are there's a there's some material there's a, like one source book that kind of lays out um, like where the Sealy courts and stuff are in the Shadowrun universe in one of these uh, meta planes and that they have secret ways of physically traveling, you know, to and from there. And so that's also kind of given as a way in which, you know, some things and or, you know, magical oriented things travel to metal planes to get away from the physical world when magic starts to fade again. But I mean, you're talking about, seriously long spans of time, a whole age of the world in between the cycles. But when the cycle comes around, different different people, different things prepare for it in different ways. Semi, I guess kind of tangent. Something I think is cool about the whole magic thing, a nice little touch, is that it's like, it's basically right here. Like wherever your character is at, the magic realm, the astral is right there. And what happens in the physical world reflects on the astral world. So if you have like, a lot of bad stuff, a lot of suffering, pain and stuff happening in a place, that affects the magical quality of that place. And in game terms, it can actually give you bonuses and negatives to your magic. It's it's a pretty cool little system they got going on for the magic types. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so I think we've got a pretty good overview of a lot of things. Um, uh, let's let's make a, a slight turn on this and... Uh, relate this back to the play-by-post site what you expect from it uh what are you hoping to get from it who do you think would this would appeal to and uh they can 
make a pitch instead of to me, but to the general gaming population, and we'll we'll kind of wrap up. Everybody, get, everybody, take their uh, take their pick and uh, do what they like. Do you want a particular order? Nope. Uh, you want to take it first, Todd? Uh, no, because I'm still trying to think of how to pitch that to people that I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we've been discussing. Uh, those of us in the more, uh, you know, already Shadowrun knowledgeable and fanboy uh, portion of the crowd here for Explorers Unlimited and um, Savage Riffs that, um, you know, there there are different things that uh, appeal to people about the game. You know, some people, for example, are very into the meta plot. Other people aren't. Uh, some people would prefer a more uh, self-contained and isolated game and um, other people would prefer kind of a more shared universe uh, maybe even having characters being able to you know move between games or what have you um, so kind of a nascent uh, concept is to have kind of a uh, sandbox if you will portion um, of the site for games that want to be in a uh, kind of open but connected world, and then sections for, um, you know, games that are not part of that, that would not be connected to the shared community. Um, so if you're into Shadowrun already, you would have the option to uh, participate in either one of those. Yeah, and that can be dictated by GM. Uh, you know, you're still beholden to whatever the edition is. Uh, where you are in the in the forum structure, but uh, if you want your group to be part of the, I mean, you are physically going to be uh, part of the. You want to call it the sandbox itself, but this doesn't mean you have to interact with anyone else. It's just like on EU, uh, everybody's in a uh, in an overarching narrative structure, and uh, there's a home base, as it were. But uh, they only interact with one another when and if they want to is pretty cool. I mean, you do get some cross-pollinization of characters from one group migrating and stuff like that. And I think that'd be entirely up to the to handle if they want to deal with that or not uh, on Shadows Unlimited. Uh, well, I don't have a pitch, but if, if anyone is new, they've never heard of Shadowrun or played it or whatever, um, there's a couple options you can check out to get kind of similar feel for this setting um as far as video games go there's actually the shadow run returns and the sequels video games um that'll give you a good feel for it if you like playing video games uh but if you don't um there's actually a movie on netflix called bright and it's setting is very similar um orcs and elves appear not many people can use magic but those who can it's really powerful and the whole thing is kind of a, a shadow run, kind of the, the whole the plot that goes through the movie. So those are some options you could check out instead of going and buying the uh, the core rule book and like, oh, this isn't for me. You could try checking those out. They have a good uh, good feel for this game. Yeah, I've been exposed to both, and uh, I, I would definitely have to agree with that. And the video games are very narrative driven. Uh, you know, there's plenty of action and everything. It's all kind of top down isometric, but they're pretty good quality. And uh, the show, I, I mean, Philistine, but I thought it was fantastic. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I would wholly endorse that. Todd? Jeez. Um, 
Um, honestly, I, I think Shadowrun's a fantastic game. I mean, I've played it for, geez, almost 30 years now. Um, you know, it's... The learning curve's not always the easiest, but it's pretty easy to help people get past that initial learning curve. Um, and, I mean, you know, I, just like on EU or Savage Rifts, we're friendly guys. We'd definitely be willing to help people get past that initial learning curve. And then it's just like any other play-by-post. I, the Shadowrun might be a little more suited for it than some of these other games because a lot of Shadowrun is planning and thinking it's not always you know it's not always this big action game it, it rewards thought and and playing well a lot more than some other games do so uh you know i think in play by post it'll actually be really fun fantastic well that's a, a great way to wrap up a, a podcast and uh gentlemen uh with that i bid you all a, a good night we have a uh, roll 20 uh session for palladium rifts coming up i have to prep for uh so if you have any last thoughts and i want to say good night to everybody now's your chance and i will see y'all nope i ain't got none uh it was good talking with y'all and y'all tell me all this and try to give it a try i'm good this was fun let's do it again sometime thanks for having us have a good one lloyd have a good session gracias and good night this has been Radio Free Murktown, a WMRK production. Contact us at RadioFreeMurktown at gmail.com and support Radio Free Murktown on Patreon for as little as $2 per month. Visit us on the web at ExplorersUnlimited.com for more information.